Ladies and gentlemen, I have here a very special surprise for you. I have here an interview, 60 Minutes Interview, TV Land, Johnny Carson. You always get that little look on your face when you're about really, really to lay in a zinger. You hide, you see it, you hide your mouth like you don't want to ask it, you see. That's a good body language, you see. When you don't really want to say something, you do this. And when you don't want to answer, do this. Welcome to TV Land Legends, the 60 Minutes Interviews. I'm Ed Bradley. It was a ritual shared by millions of Americans, settling into bed, switching off the lights, and turning on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. The man who made late-night TV the institution it is today was the perfect host, witty and attentive, with the power to turn his guest into stars overnight. On the air from 1962 to 1992, he talked to everyone who was anyone. But off camera, he was very private, some said reclusive. So it was a real coup when he agreed to speak to Mike Wallace. Portions of this 1979 interview have never been aired before. We bring them to you now as two masters of the media meet on TV Land Legends. In 1992, Johnny Carson announced that he was leaving The Tonight Show after 30 years as the king of late night. People stood in line for days to be part of the audience for his last shows. <laughs> we'll miss him. It was the end of an era. Nobody's going to take Johnny's place, ever. I'm Carson. I'm from... Back in 1979, we broadcast a profile of Johnny. He was reluctant, even decided not to do it after we'd filmed him for a while, but then... He agreed to go ahead, and this was the way it went. Why are you doing this now? Doing what? This. You walked out on us once before. Didn't walk well, out I, on us. I understood that you were paying me a large amount of money for this. You're wrong. <laughs> you I don't, why are you doing this now? I, I'm not running a boiler room operation. I have no phony real estate uh, scam. I'm not taking any kickbacks. Uh, I did steal a ring from Woolworths once when I was 12 years old. And I think that's why you're here. We're doing this because you're a national treasure. <laughs> that's what they tell me. Well, you're a national treasure. And you know what the dollar is worth nowadays. <laughs> Carson lives like his peers among the entertainment elite in Bel Air, California. Though for a man with an estimated personal fortune of more than $100 million, his two-acre spread could almost be described as modest. Nonetheless... Isn't it over the head a little bit of a Nebraska boy? I don't know. Well, look, it's a yard. So this is not a big yard. That's right. It's not a big yard. It's comfortable. It's nice. I like that. Johnny spends most of his time at home alone in his office, working, reading newspapers, writing, with his awards and mementos scattered about, and his beloved drums close by. It was here that we sat down to find out what Johnny Carson is really like. Well, there's a stereotype of Carson. You know there is. Well, what, is it? what is it? It is... Ice water in his veins. I had that taken out years ago. <laughs> I went to Denmark and had that done. It's all over now. Shy. De defensive. True. I can remember when I was in high school. If I pulled out my old high school annual book and read some of the things, uh, people might say, oh, he's conceited, he's aloof. Actually, that was more shy. See, when I'm in front of an audience, it's, it's a different thing. If I'm in front of an audience, I can feel comfortable. Why? I'm in control. That's a key to Carson, control. Professionally, he insists upon it. Socially, he can't demand it, so he retreats. He's uncomfortable. And the fact is that he is shy. There's Carson, the performer, and there's Carson, the private individual. 
and I can separate the two. A day in the professional life of Johnny Carson? The morning is given to reading half a dozen newspapers and magazines, looking for grist for the mill of that evening's monologue. He is a man of habit. And at one o'clock, the family cook, Lisette, gives him lunch in a brown paper bag. Then into the garage and his Mercedes sports car for the 40-minute drive to beautiful downtown Burbank and the NBC factory. No chauffeurs, no entourage. Someday your prince will come. Five minutes after he arrives, he sits down with Fred de Cordova, the Tonight Show's producer and his good friend, to talk about that evening's guests. She is going to talk to a turtle, sure a bird, a dog, and a cat. This is our normal opening normal opening guest. That's right. And that's uh she talks to she thinks they actually talk to her. Well, she you can't say mind reader, but no. she's an animal analyst. Mm -hmm. Gets in the mind. Well, she's on the right show. Over the years, Johnny has played host to dozens of feathered and furry guests. Strange animals and small children have provided some of the best moments on the show. Have you ever seen this show before? Well, when I was up vomiting and all that stuff. <laughs> Dangerous wild animal. What the hell is that? It's not a show tonight. Cat for the show. <laughs> Dangerous wild animal. I never liked to be a guest before. Carson and his trusty sidekick, Ed McMahon, have been working together since 1958 when they did the daytime game show, Who Do You Trust? Okay. We spend about seven or eight minutes together before we do the show. But what happens in it, no matter what the subject matter is, before we leave, I'm laughing. Somehow or other, he's turned that into something funny. So at least he's gotten his first laugh of the day. He got it from me. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Johnny. After Ed delivers his iconic introduction and Doc Severinsen strikes up the band, it's time for the monologue. We may be in for a problem, or at least the farmers out here. They are. They say they may have an invasion or infestation of Japanese beetles. Johnny's take on the day's news, celebrity doings, and his own constant divorce battles has been called a cultural barometer of the country's mood. One interesting thing, the way you can tell a Japanese beetle from uh, the regular beetle... <laughs> You tell me what you got, and I'll... I'll tell you what I have in mind. You see, the Japanese beetle carries a little tiny camera uh, around its neck and uh, takes pictures of fruit. <laughs> now, what have you got? Do you get sensitive about the fact that people say he'll never take a serious controversy? Well, I have an answer to that. I said, now, tell me the last time that Jack Benny, Red Skelton... Uh, any comedian used his show to do serious issues. That's not what I'm there for. Can't they see that? So but I... your monologue is full of satire, full of political satire, some of the best right. on the air, some of the best in, in uh, print. Right, actually. I can do it that way, see, humorously. But to sit and have a politician come on and say, now we're going to discuss the African situation or let's discuss our new diplomatic recognition of China, that's not my job. I feel uncomfortable doing that. And that's not the kind of a show I think people want at 1130 to 1. I really don't. It's tougher to make people laugh than it is to make them think. 
<laughs> he studies tapes of old shows at home, for Carson is a perfectionist and a very competitive man. Yeah, there are hazards in that, of course. Being too competitive, I think, sometimes is, is a bad thing. Uh, I don't think it's, it's being competitive in your work is so bad. I think if you get too competitive in other things outside of your work, uh, that can be a hazard because then you might not enjoy them as much as you should. It's like going out and play tennis. I found that most celebrities, especially in the public eye, have a far greater opinion of their game than their actual talent. They like to think they play better than they do. The man speaks the truth. Nice return. He's only played the game for four years, and it shows. But he is earnest about it. What, are you waiting for your pacemaker to start? I think it's got to kick in just about when you serve. He says he uses tennis, which he loves, as a kind of therapy to help get rid of his aggressions. And that goes double for his drums, a gift from Buddy Rich. Some people say that it helps you to work out your hostility. Sure. It's true. Sure. It's like beating something. You're gonna take this up, Mike. You got a lot of hostility. I'd rather beat on you. <laughs> when TV Land Legends returns, <laughs> All right. Carson's got a couple more tricks up his sleeve. Got it. No, not one. One. Uh, this one.